Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to the Construct Your Life. This is Austin Linney here. I have Mr. Trent Bray in the house. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. And yourself? I'm doing good, sir. You have a couple different things going on, just a, just, just a few. So uh, what I like to do with my guests is kind of let them tell the story where they want to start, and we'll kind of go from there. Okay. Well, um, like you mentioned, my name's Trent Bray. I'm based out of Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, married, have three kids, two dogs, um, that, that alone keeps me busy. But, uh, the main source of income for me is I flip houses here in the Salt Lake city area, but, uh, it's pretty well hands off. I don't do a whole lot with it, but the thing that I spend most of my time on is a entrepreneurial brand called hustle energy that has a powdered drink mix designed to help you focus. That's the thing that I'm more passionate about and the thing that I spend most of my time on. And there's accompanying groups and podcasts and all that stuff that we could dive into if you wanted to. But yeah, we will. Let's start. Uh, have you always flipped houses? What did you do before then? So I've had uh, a bunch of different things going on. Uh, I started really my entrepreneurial journey when I was 14. I reverse engineered how to build a website. You know, at the time it was just HTML4, so it was fairly easy to understand. But I was I'm 14. I didn't have a car. I didn't have uh, YouTube at that point in time. So I just went to a website, right click, view source code as, and then it's like, okay, it always starts with this tag and ends with this tag and just kind of went from there. And so <clears throat> it was fun to learn that. And I eventually let that, that led into building sites for family members, friends, and then businesses. And then that got parlayed into vending machines and automotive parts distribution company, all this through high school. And then I was like, entrepreneurship is easy. This is, I'm, I've got this figured out. If something, if something doesn't work, you just stop it and find the next thing. Well, I, I ate a lot of humble pie over the years. And so um, I've had uh, lots of nine to five jobs and that's where this idea for hustle energy kind of came from as I was stuck in the nine to five, hated it, wanted to get out. Uh, but with a young family, community obligations, things like that, it, at the end of the day, it's like, I want to work on this side hustle, but I'm exhausted. I, it's hard to focus. If I have something with caffeine, I'm up all night. So I'm like, all right, I need, there needs to be something else out there. And so that's kind of where it branched from there um, in between the, the idea and starting the, the idea, I was able to partner on a video production company and then uh, it led to this opportunity to partner up with somebody to flip the houses. And I was hands-on for a few years and then slowly worked my way out of that. I, you know, isn't that always where the best ideas are built out of something for yourself? And you're like, wait, this could, this could work, but right. this could work for the masses. But what's interesting, right. And I think we talked about this the first time we talked, like launching 
a brand, let's say I'm the brand, right? And I go flip mm-hmm. houses or I'm a coach or whatever that is, right? I'm a podcaster. That's somewhat, here's my time, click play, go. When you're launching a product in a space that is, let's just say, very heavily populated, uh, you know, brand bars or protein bars and shakes and all that kind of stuff. Um, where do you even begin to start something like that? And and then did you even have any idea what you were getting yourself into? <laughs> uh, no, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I So <clears throat> when I got to the point where I was able to be a little bit less hands-on with the house flips, I was like, all right, now's my time to execute on this. I need to create this product had as an idea for several years. Now's the time to do it. I have the time. Um, I originally thought it would take three months. It ultimately ended up taking three years to get the product to market. Uh, just, it was something that I, I had no prior experience in it. I just had the passion. I had the idea. I had the vision. It's like, okay, now go. I have no idea where to start. And so that led to a lot of stumbling blocks, um, ended up working for, with one manufacturer for a year that it didn't work out and then ended up working with a local manufacturer here. And it took two years even after that point, but I thought I got to the finish line. It's like, yes, I've created the product. Now let's launch it. And I realized I'm back at square one and it has been quite the learning experience. And I can probably tell you a thousand ways, not how not to do it. I I wouldn't say I know exactly how to do it yet. (laughs) What do you, what do you think one or two, three, doesn't matter. What do you think is the biggest thing that people don't know when they're, when they're bringing a product to market? I think the, the biggest stumbling block I had was the perception um, of what people thought of my product. You know, I, I sent out a bunch of samples before I launched, I had sent out like 50 samples to people. I'm like, okay, tell me what you think the price point is. Tell me the pros and cons. Tell me what you think of branding, you know, just a whole plethora of questions. Uh, and I'm like, I'll just give you the product for free in exchange. And I ended up getting eight people game back to me, um, out of those 50 and, they mostly put the price at a much lower price than I was anticipating. And so I was like, oh man, I've got a totally like it. My whole strategy that I had laid out just went out the window. I'm like, okay, if nobody's willing to pay what I thought they'd be willing to pay, I've got to, you know, refigure our margins. I've got so many things I had to go through. So that really shook me at first. Um, and ultimately I found out over this time that people were willing to pay the right amount as long as I position it the right way. Um, and so it started out, honestly, on off the wrong foot because, you know, I started low and the perception was already established. The, the name had some confusion on it because when people think of energy, they think of, you know, a, a caffeinated product, you, you feel caffeine jump up and then you get that crash. This doesn't mm-hmm. have that. And so I was fighting against that. And so it's taken some rebranding, all sorts of things that consumer perception was a lot different than I thought it would be. 
And ultimately, it's that thing that nobody talks about a lot. And, I, and, and we kind of do some of this for some of my clients with branding and story creation and stuff. But that positioning metrics in the market or in the space, right, with so much noise is so important that I think it's probably the piece, right? Here's my idea. I'm just going to put it out there and people are just going to say, yeah, we love it. And like, but the problem is, is like you said, perception is reality. And, you know, I hear guys all the time that, that are VC guys or whatever. And they're like, you want to talk about analysis, right? And so how do you, when you're bringing a brand, a product or a market, how do you position yourself in the right way? Is it the name? Is it the branding? Like, is it both? Yeah. So I think it, there's a lot that goes into that. And I would default to an expert like yourself on that, because for me, I think I got it all wrong and mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I didn't position it in the right place in the market. I positioned it on the low end, which at that point you're competing on price and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the features and benefits aren't there. The, it's just, okay, price. Um, and then also the name was confusing to people. Uh, it was rebranded, even though the brand is called Hustle Energy, the product is now uh, called Hustle Focus rather than Hustle Energy. And so uh, that helped clear up some of that uh, confusion. But honestly, I was trying to do this shoestring on my own, you know, one man show type scenario. And that ended up biting me in the long term. So I would say um, if you have the ability, definitely consult with, you know, somebody like yourself that has more experience in that space. Would you say ultimately, like at the end of the day, because this is something that you believe in and, and it's a product that you use mm-hmm. that ultimately on a longer horizon, you'll probably either wait out, outwork, or just stay in the game long enough to probably beat it. I would probably say 60 to 80% of them. Don't you think? Because it means more to you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's one thing that, you know, I, I love the product. I use the product, like you mentioned, um, I'm passionate about it. So it is one of those things where you have to do things a little bit differently and outlast people. Whereas I also am coming from this as, Hey, I've just got a little bit of money to put towards this. I end up using a lot more than I originally anticipated. All basically all my original marketing budget that I had set aside got used up in the development process because it took so much longer and through multiple manufacturers. And we went to production four separate times, and each time it kept getting something was wrong with it. So we had to go back to the drawing board. And um, anyway, it took so much more time and effort and money to get going that when it came to the launching part, it's like, all right, I've got basically next to nothing. So some of the factors that I've had to do to differentiate myself is, you know, over delivering handwritten notes, you know, with every single order that goes out and, you know, I end up doing the fulfillment myself so I can, I can handle that. Uh, But it's, it's been great. Once you get somebody in, they're extremely loyal. They love it. They're, it's been a great experience for them. They, they love the over delivering that actually gets more shared on social media than the actual product is the handwritten notes. Uh, That's been something that people have really enjoyed. And I, and I think this is, so I'm going to show you exactly how it goes down. Hey, 
we want you to make us very popular in three months. Oh, oh, hold, hold on, cowboy. Whoa, that's not how it works, first of all. Second of all, what I love about your brand is there's a podcast. It's, a, it's not a brand, it's a movement. Mm-hmm. And I think because it's a movement, people buy into the whole scope because you are your brand. This is why I try to put people. You are your brand. Like one of my favorite quotes is, you don't have any competitors if you're authentically you. Right. Like, you know, and so what was the thought process behind anybody that's out there? Any advice? Like, was the thought process always the podcast, the brand? Was it more than kind of like this entrepreneurship kind of framework that we're trying to get into? Because I'm sure down the road, there's other products that you would like to introduce into the mix, right? Yeah, absolutely. There, there will be more products launching soon, but the, the thing that gets me motivated and excited is I like seeing other people succeed. And I think entrepreneurship is the best vehicle to help people see the rewards of their work. So, I mean, if you're working in a corporate environment, you know, if you work extra hard, the person above you will get a few extra kudos. The person above them will get a few extra kudos. You might see a little bit of that, but with entrepreneurship, I can send Austin a product and he reaches out directly to me and says he loves it and that, and it helps him get out of his nine to five and into that side hustle. And that side hustle takes him over full time, you know, to be able to see that impact, that's what gets me excited. And Mm -hmm. so that's, there's obviously lots of different ways you can tackle that. I mean, there's courses, there's products, there's, um, you know, coaching, all that. So I basically stuck to the product side initially. um, And while that was being developed, it's like, all right, I'm just sitting here waiting for this product to be developed. This isn't a good use of my time. So that's where I started launching the podcast like, all right, let's talk to the people who have been there, who've done that and have them share their stories. And that uh, started out, I ended up doing one podcast for about a year and a half, a hundred episodes. And that was a great learning experience, but it helped set me up for the current podcast that has the more overarching theme. Um, it's, it's called Hustle Habits, where mm-hmm. Over that hundred episodes, the the two consistent things were, okay, you need to be, you need to establish habits and you need to never give up. Basically, you need to be persistent. And so it's like, all right, let's drill down on the habits. So let's drill down on what what these habits are of these successful individuals. And that led to a group where we've got you know accountability coaching and things like that to help people get out of that nine to five and take that side hustle full-time. And I think one of the things that I like about your story and everything is like, you're not afraid to pivot when the moment needs to pivot. And I think, especially in entrepreneurship, like I think a lot of people live their life in absolutes and this is the only way it's going to go down. And I'm just going to be a flipper my whole life or everything. Like, I think that one of the skills that you have to have is you have to be able to pivot when you see like, a lot of guys that want to start a podcast, I'm like, start a podcast. Like, it doesn't matter. And maybe you do, like you said, a hundred episodes. And then you say, I want a broader topic. I'm more comfortable now. You know, a lot of my friends started out as multifamily podcasts, but now they're focused more on mindset and, and bigger real estate things. So I think as long as you get started and know that you're always going to have to pivot no matter what, I think that you're probably good to go. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I am a huge proponent of podcasts for the, the networking alone. Like that has been an incredible experience, not only getting your message out to lots of people that have gotten great feedback on it, but it's also connecting with those individuals. It has been is open doors. It has been a great experience for me. So if anybody's on the fence, it's like, just go do it, make mistakes. Nobody's going to listen to the first few episodes anyway. So get it, get it done. Even if it's messy, stay consistent with it and keep going. hundred percent. And then a lot of people that get in to flipping, like this is this argument I have all the time with this active passive, right? Like mm-hmm. passive is really not that passive. Active is really, really active, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes can be passive. Um, there, I'm sure that the money that's coming in from flipping is is what is needed to continue the lifestyle and is great. But I think ultimately, you know, my message to everybody is try something, and then you might put yourself in a situation where you can kind of automate slash partner and 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 you could have something over here i think if i could go back and do it over again that's the number one thing that i would do is create for lack of a better word the money machine Mm -hmm. so i can go chase my dreams is that kind of what when you when you stumbled on flipping is that kind of what registered for you yeah absolutely i i honestly have no real passion for real estate um it's surprising to a lot of people I, i mean you could have this 45 minute podcast. And at the end, people will take away, oh, he's a flipper. Like that's just, that's what they take away because they're excited about it. And I get that. It it can be exciting to me. It's not personally. So I knew getting into it, I'm like, okay, I'll put in the work for a couple of years and then I'm going to start working my way out of it. So I don't have to spend a lot of time on it. And fortunately I've been able to do that. uh, And it's something that I now put maybe two hours a week into it's Mm -hmm. very minimal amount of work. Some weeks are more work. You know, if like the other week we had a, we bought a house with a non-compliance because they added on without permits. And I knew I'd have to go to the city and take care of that. And that took a little bit more time, but um, for, for a large part, it's been able, it's something that has allowed me the freedom to do the things that I'm more interested in. Uh, It helps pay the bills but then it gives that time back, which is the, you know, the real freedom it allows me to be around with my kids. It allows me to work on uh, other projects and it's been a great experience. So I, I definitely recommend real estate for a lot of people if you can get to that point, but a lot of people, it takes, it takes a lot of active work to ever get it to this point. <laughs> I think, I think that's the misnomer is that people are like, Oh my God, you must love this. And I'm like, no, not really. A lot of the times it's, it's, it's this tool to create this, to go over here and do that, or, or be present for a father and and so on and so on. It's like, like there, don't get me wrong. Like there is a part of me that wishes I didn't want to build businesses. Like there's a real part of me that's like, man, it would be really easy if I would just coach and that's all I would do. But like, I'm too much of a, I want to create jobs and I want to, you know, I want to like, you know, so like, don't get me wrong. There are days where I'm like, man, just like, I wish your dreams were like small, (laughs) smaller. You could just go hiking every day and we might get there eventually. What advice, uh, I got a lot of young people that listen to this show, entrepreneurship advice or just investing advice in general. What advice would you wish you would have known if you could talk to your 18 year old self when you were getting started out? 
Oh man, I would I would have started early, <laughs> um, especially with the the investing side of things. You know, I I kept putting money back into businesses, and I don't necessarily regret that because you know it led me to where I am today. Um, but at the same time, I I was a huge risk taker, over leveraged myself multiple times to try and chase the dream and. It may have been a little bit smarter to not be so aggressive at such a young age, but you need to have that fire under you to keep you moving. Um, but I was, you know, I was risking it all. <laughs> and uh, it's, I'm, I'm definitely the type where I'll jump without a parachute if I feel like that I can, you know, build a parachute on the way down or something. Mm-hmm. So um, that's bit me a few times, but. I think what helped establish where I'm at now is learning the mindset over those years of, you know, working on myself first so that I am my best self so that I can execute on these businesses. Because when I was younger, it was, even though I was risking it all, I was still, you know, eating poorly, not working out, being sedentary when, you know, trying to escape uh, which mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of the general population likes to do. Um, and once I was able to shift that, it just all started clicking and moving into place. And it's like, okay, now I know where my shortcomings were before. And now I know how I can build on it. So it started, started as a separate answer, but ultimately I think the mindset is what it comes down to is, is making sure that you have the right mindset for it. You have the right habits and routines that allow you to execute. I think one of the biggest things that, that I thought maybe is ego. I don't really know, but I thought I was doing it the right way for a long time. And I realized like, yeah, you might've been like a quarter of the way doing it the right way, but you weren't really taking care of yourself. You don't really, mm-hmm. yeah, you weren't really working. Yeah. You were working out, but you were working out as hard. And it's like, when you start dialing in those aspects man, it, it happens so quick. And it's not even like, meaning the money happens. It's just that if you feel better, businesses click, partnerships form. And I know that a big thing for you is you're a huge component of masterminds and kind of getting around other entrepreneurs. And what, what has that done for you um, when you were launching your product and stuff like that? Uh, honestly, it's, it has brought so many people to my corner that I, I never expected um, I was able to, you know, get the product in hands of high up individuals that love it. that are now loyal customers. Uh, there's just been, um, there's been great direct success from it, but then at the same point, being around highly successful individuals, you realize where your shortcomings are. You realize how you can level up. You realize how many levels there are to this. And it's, it's just opened up my eyes and opened up so many doors as well. I think, I think we have a tendency, right? And I try to tell people all the time, if you're writing down your goals, you're basically writing down your goals from your past version of who you were, meaning, cause that's all, mm-hmm. you know, like, dude, when you get in a mastermind, regardless of where the mastermind is, I've been in a couple, you just like, like, I feel like it expands your mind and you're like, holy crap, like, that's amazing. And then you're like, well, if that, if if they can do it, I can do it. And so it's almost like I, I kind of, you know, water finds this level. Like, I think you don't have a choice, but to expand 
kind of the vision even greater, right? Because I always laugh. So my mentors are in a group called Go Abundance, which is all millionaires and whole life millionaires and all this stuff, like 280. And Ed Milet came and talked to them like a year ago. And I, ha- I saw the speech on YouTube and he said, this line was right in the beginning. He goes, yeah, all of you are highly successful compared to who? Not compared to me. And I, that had, line has always stuck because there's always a new level. And, and until you expand your vision, we're really still all playing really small. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you, you bring up the mentor thing. And that's where I think I had like the biggest shift for me is so I was, I was able to meet uh, Andy Frizzella and I was, I always put him on a pedestal. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. he's otherworldly. You know, yeah. he's just, even though I'd heard his story multiple times, it's like that he's just was able to accomplish things. Most humans weren't, aren't able to accomplish. And as soon as I met him and shook his hand, I'm like, he's just a regular guy. Like he, he just had a dream and he never gave up on it. And as soon as that clicked, it's like, okay, I can do this too. Dude, I tell the exact, I mean, the exact same story. I believe it's the moment that changed my life. My mentor, same thing. So I'm in Tahoe right now. He's a millionaire, like 26, 27. And he looked me dead in the face after meeting him for two minutes. He said, you and I are no different. I just got started before you with better help you or me. And that was the moment that everything changed for me. I was like, Oh, it's all good. I did the exact same moment happened to me. It really did. And that's my, that's why I try to tell all the young kids like, dude, you, you can do it just the same. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if you know Andy's story, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that he just didn't give up. I mean, for the first 10 years, it was just basically, you know, eating dust and I mean, it was just there's there was no real good part every, of the every, story every every overnight clicked. every overnight success is 13 years in the making right exactly <laughs> so if people want to find out about the podcast they want to follow your journey how would they do that yeah so the the website is called the hustle habit.com uh that will lead you to the product the website the uh podcast all that information is there I love it. Guys, if you like this episode, send it out to your friends, rate us and review us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.